All right, we're here. We're kind of queer, and this is the Happy and Appropriate Parents podcast with Jess and Ken. Yep. Like <clears throat> we're smoking. We are. And we're today. We're going to talk about our birth stories and the origins of our momhood, and kind of just talk about how not perfect most of the time births go and pregnancy goes and how unplanned everything is even when you try to be like super organized like me or kind of just you know winging it as a team like me yeah (laughs) um but before we get into that while we're just chilling here getting ready (laughs) yeah uh, what'd you do this week I, uh, yesterday, I had to take my son to the ER. No. Why? Um, he had a little bit of a, of a fall. A fall? A fall. Um, I'm not going to get into detail. Just because I don't like people being in my business about that kind of shit. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I freaked out like any mother would, thinking that I had, like, accidentally somehow killed my child. You know, because... Mom guilt, freaking out. You know the drill. Oh, yeah. But we got there, and we were literally there for, like, ten minutes because the doctor was like, he didn't really fall from, like, that high. So, because you know I'm crazy. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, so he's fine? He's like, yeah, he's fine. And, like, we brought him home. He's been fine. He's got a couple little bruises. But, um, yeah. <laughs> what a what a time. Well, um, yeah. But it definitely made me nervous. Uh, but I'm glad that my mom was around so she could hang on to my other twin so we could take him. Because that was, that was a mess. Um, I'm glad he's okay, though. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. I have two. And... and, you know, I remember my son fell and I took him to the ER. Yeah. Um, it was just down, like, a few flights a few, a few flights. flights. No, no, Jesus no. Christ. No, a few steps. Um, on a patio, but he hit asphalt and had some pretty gnarly road rash on his forehead. Yeah. Um, and, and all kids have, like, giant ass foreheads, so you know it was bad. Oh, yeah. You know, and I took him to the doctor, and the doctor was like, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh. It was okay. an experience for sure, though. Sorry. I'm 19, and I don't know what I'm doing. So. Right. I was yeah. kind of in the, mind- in the same mindset. Yeah. But. He was like, you know, you were trying to be good parents for bringing him in. You Mm -hmm. you didn't do anything wrong by being worried. So that was reassuring. Um, So you put together a greenhouse. I did. Yeah, I did. That's fucking cool. It is. I I didn't have near as much mom guilt as you this past week. (laughs) Um, because your kid was gone. <laughs> yeah, he went to his dad. So um, he was gone this weekend. So I just put together my greenhouse. Um, and I say that I put it together. I literally got in my husband's way the entire time and made more work for him. Um, so I eventually sat out and smoked weed while he finished. And, Absolutely, um, yes, God. Yeah, and now, and like, and those are the moments, really, because I used to really be able to do all of this, uh, but since having surgery and, you know, having this super rare condition, it's little things like that, like putting up a greenhouse where I'm like, oh, okay, I do have limitations. Um, I do feel a little bit disabled in these moments. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Like, I'm learning how to live in a new body. I'm only six months post-op, like, so... And my surgeon will tell you, you're halfway to, to being recovered. Um, yeah. So catch me in six more months and I'm going to be a badass. Hell yeah. But um, I did. I created a lot of work for my husband. But I am so excited to um, spend my summers in this greenhouse. Me I have too. little baby plants. Um, and also for Easter, I want to get like the babes together. Like, Because I feel like my 13-year-old and your babes could Dying. play in dirt. <laughs> Play in dirt yes. and plant like little petunias or something. My kids would probably Easter. try to eat it, but that's okay. It's good for them. Builds the immune system. <laughs> <laughs> that freaks me out. 
Uh, I crocheted Jessica a top. Oh my gosh, and I'm wearing it for the podcast. It's so cute. <laughs> it is so cute. You guys can't see it because it's a podcast, and I have the face for radio. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Oh, but no, the um, crocheted top is very cute. I did like you're not all over fucking TikTok. Oh yeah, that's fair. And shit. Oh yeah, pl- shameless self promotion. Follow me on TikTok. <laughs> um. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So today's episode, we're gonna get into our our birth stories. Yeah, how our initiation into motherhood. Yeah, <clears throat> I feel like we already said that. Did we already say that? No, we deleted that. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm a little high. Anyways, so. It all started <laughs> back when um, I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. So you I gotta get pregnant first. Yeah, uh, I got on like a little mini vacation for my twenty first birthday, cause you know, who doesn't want to do that? And I had the chance to do that, so I went to L.A. Cali area somewhere around there. I came back, and I guess Con Man missed me a little bit, and. Um, <laughs> I hadn't been taking any birth control up until this point because we were okay with having a baby and I was really okay with having a baby. Yeah. Like I've, I've always wanted to be a mom <clears throat> since I can remember. And so I, at the point when I did get pregnant, we both had good jobs and we were planning to get married that year and we had a house with two bedrooms like we were okay and so we were cool with having kids and at least a kid we agreed on one kid um lol but (laughs) um i at this yeah at this point i had like been okay with not having been pregnant um and i was just trying to chill out and enjoy being 21 and enjoy being 21. I know, and I just turned 21, and I'm, I'm, like, ready to drink and go have fun and, like, ha- live my hot girl summer shit, because it's, like, May at this point, and, um, then I found out I was pregnant, and I was really excited, because all the, I had been waiting for so long. And all the crying that you I know, done. I know, <laughs> like, I, I was really, really upset, I thought it was broken, like, and I had told myself if, like, I hadn't gotten pregnant before we got married, I was going to go, like, see a doctor about it and see, like, what was going on and why it wasn't working. But it just so happened to get pregnant 20 weeks before my wedding. So Yay! We ended up getting to do the gender reveal at the wedding, which was super cute. Um, but yeah, I didn't find out I was having twins until my 12-week appointment when they did my first ultrasound. That was a wild little bit of news. Um, <laughs> I tried to argue with the doctor about it. And, you know, I remember <clears throat> when the doctor left the room, Connor just looked at me and said, what the fuck are we supposed to do with two babies? Right? Two and of I them? was like, um, raise them, I guess. Like, we're, we're here. Gotta do it. Yeah. We already did the deed, buddy. Like, no going back. Right? And so... Um, I had a really rough pregnancy. It wasn't, like, too bad. I didn't have, like, a lot of problems, but I was sick for, like, the first five months. I was constantly throwing up. It was horrible. And I was pregnant in, like, the heat of July. And Mm. I was working outside. Girl, being pregnant during the summer is something else. No. It's a sin. It's a sin. It should I don't wish it upon anybody. And especially if you are having to work in the summer. And I had to work outside. And it was was awful. Yeah. And having that morning sex is oh oh my god, terrible. But I'm an August baby. I, I loved you. I loved being pregnant in the winter parts because I loved like wearing baggy sweatpants and big ass hoodies and shit. Mm-hmm. That was my jam. But um, at that point, I was like super fucking uncomfortable, and I got uncomfortable really quick because I had two little tiny baby bodies in my inside of me, it, taking up too much fucking space, and. Like, I remember telling people that I was uncomfortable and they're like, no, just wait until the end. I'm like, no, but I'm uncomfortable now. Yeah. Why aren't you listening to me now? Like, I'm telling you. And it's people who haven't carried two babies at the same time. I'm like, guys, 
it's you already have no idea. You have no idea what I'm going through. It's it's so bad. And I'm already like a big baby when it comes to pain. And I, I'm glad that I am built the way that I am because it, I think it did help me um, carry my kids. But I am... I'm just a big baby and I <laughs> I know when I'm in pain and I'm okay voicing that and so I let people know what's hurting and Connor was pretty supportive when it came to that stuff you know he'd always like come up behind me and like hold up my belly because it was <laughs> so fucking heavy <sighs> and um, you did have a big old belly yeah it it, it didn't was... get pretty like super big until the end but like looking back I still can't believe that I was that big. Especially now that I've lost, like, so much weight since then. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy to me. Um, but, anyways, um, I ended up having to see two, like, OBs at the end of my pregnancy because of, like, a high blood pressure issue. But it wasn't because I had a high blood pressure problem. It was just because... Like, I went in for, like, a completely separate reason, and I had high blood pressure that day because I had just gotten off work. Because at the time, I had to work full-time MST at Lowe's to get maternity leave. Mm -hmm. And so, I was probably just stressed and, like, overworked. And it was I had to go upstairs for this fucking appointment. And I'm like, y'all... I'm yeah. already, like, 300 fucking pounds at this point. Well, and point. your job had you, like... Walking up ladders and putting top, sto- top stock up and, like... Carrying, like, boxes full of yeah, hardware and like and taking bays and, and stuff apart. So, like, I was doing yeah. hard shit. And, yeah, so I kept having to see him. And I remember at my 34-week appointment, he was like, you can either come back next week for your 36-week checkup or we can just take them out. Like, we can induce you next week or in two weeks. And I was like, let's take them out. Let's get into it. Like, I'm ready. And at this... There's two. I'm uncomfy. Yeah, I really was. And at this point, like, I had been nesting. If you know me, I I am, like, already a crackhead fucking cleaner. I am, like, (laughs) OCD to the max and... So, like, I had already cleaned all my baseboards and shit. I was ready. <laughs> I was ready for these kids to be here. And <clears throat> so I remember going in. It was a Tuesday night. Um, they gave me whatever it is that they use to, like, soften up your cervix or whatever to get you ready. Because um, at this point, both of the babes were head down. So we had every intentions on doing a natural birth. Um, and the next morning they checked me and I hadn't dilated at all. So they went ahead and started the Pitocin. And um, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning when they did that. And I remember like starting to feel some sorts of contractions, but like they were very mild And my biggest fear was not getting an epidural soon enough because I, um, if the chance that I was able to push one baby out without an epidural and then my other baby becoming breech or something and they have Mm. to take it out via C-section, I wouldn't have had the epidural and they would have had like spinal block my ass and I was not trying to do that. Um, so... I went ahead and got the epidural because I also was terrified to get a catheter put in me (laughs) and I didn't, or no, 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 that's not what it was because I had to have that because of the epidural. I was terrified of them breaking my water because the little hook thingy, that Mm -hmm. shit freaked me out. And so I was like, I want an epidural before that shit. And they ended up, um, I don't think that I got the epidural before they broke my water. I think they did it before anyway. So I, I completely like missed my opportunity to do that but yeah anyways um you were so busy you probably didn't even notice right yeah the epidural what a wild ride that was um that was hands down the worst part of my labor itself just because of the sensation the crunchy (laughs) um that's how the the doctor the anesthesiologist described it to me and I was like how the fuck is it supposed to be crunchy and then he did it, and I was like, oh, my God, 
that's disgusting. This is horrible. That sounds gross. Yeah, but it truly did save my life. um, Because when I gave birth, I didn't feel anything. And I did it in like less. I was gone for like 20 minutes. (laughs) Like it was quick. Quick as fuck. Um, I... From the time they started the Pitocin to like 7 o'clock p.m., I had not dilated whatsoever at this point. And I I had the epidural, so I wasn't feeling contractions. But every time I would get up to like pee or something, my blood pressure would spike. And so they wouldn't let me do anything. So I'm just laying in bed all day. I can't eat. I mean, these popsicles all day. Like, oh, no. <laughs> just lay, laying there miserably. And... I was trying to sleep, which is really hard to fucking do. Um, But so around seven o'clock, I'm starting to feel contractions like really, really hard at this point. Mm -hmm. And it's not like what I was feeling before. And I felt like I had to shit. (laughs) Like I started to feel that pressure building up. Uh And um, I remember like telling them to check me because I felt like I was like getting somewhere and around seven o'clock I was still at a three but the closer and closer we got to around like 10 I was starting to feel these contractions they ended up giving me something stronger in my epidural because I was feeling them so hard and then around 10 o'clock they checked me and I was dilated to a 10 and I had been telling them to fucking check me yeah and nobody would listen and I was like guys I'm gonna shit in this bed like something's wrong <laughs> um but I remember them you know, the nurse was like, okay, we're going to go prep the OR um, just in case I did have to have a C-section. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, we're going to have you start pushing in here first. I didn't even get through a full push. And she was like, oh, we need to stop. You need to go. Like, you're ready to go. I was like, I've been telling y'all bitches. <laughs> but um, I know I'm ready. They wheeled me out, you know, a little, <laughs> a little later. Um and I remember my mom had been there for most of the time that day and my husband was there and I remember just saying peace out and she's just waiting for us in the room and um, we got into the OR. It was fucking cold. I don't know if that was like All the partially shock, but I was like shivering hard and they gave me a blanket and I was just like laying there half naked, you know, with the blanket draped over me. <laughs> Those and blankets aren't warm. I know. <laughs> it's horrible. But um, I remember I couldn't feel anything from the waist down. Like, they had yeah, to my put mom. my legs. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anyways. <laughs> I can't with you. Um, so, they had to, like, put my legs in the stirrups. But I couldn't even get... They couldn't even get me out of the bed. <laughs> Are you done laughing at yourself? I'm laughing at the syrup thing because I'm like picturing them like lifting your floppy legs. Sorry. I know. <laughs> well, and they couldn't even get me onto the the bed in there. They had to call in Kevin. <laughs> and I was like, who's Kevin? And like this buff Asian guy walks in and they like lifts me onto the bed. Stop it, no, Kevin. It took, it took like four nurses on one side and Kevin on the other side. And they lifted me up on the bed. Um, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Um, there was like 12 girls in there, 12 nurses, because there's like three for each baby plus three for me and the doctor, like too many people in there, but none of them could lift my fat ass. They had to call fucking Kevin in. (laughs) Um, anyways, we, I start pushing. I probably only get through like four pushes with my first daughter, my first daughter, my first kid, the daughter, baby baby a you know that one um it's so hard not to say her name i know um but she comes out connor's bawling i'm like get it together i'm not crying at all at this point like i'm i'm over it i'm already here i can't feel anything so it's like a breeze for me all i feel is like this giant release of pressure and i'm like Fuck yeah, let's go again. <laughs> let's get this other one out. And like Connor's sobbing next to me. I'm like, babe, get it together. We and have things to do. And he's over here like, um, he's cutting the umbilical cord for 
our first one and I'm just laying there. Longest eight minutes of my life. And I look at the nurse. I'm like, is this supposed to be this easy? And I remember her like looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, I can't feel anything. Like, this is like, is everything okay? And she's like, yeah, it's, everything's going fine. I was like, cool, let's do this other one. And then like, I remember like waiting a little bit before they had me start pushing again. And then another like four or five pushes and my, my son was out and wow, I was done. Like within 20 minutes, they're like, Con went and cut the, his umbilical cord and I was just laying there waiting for them to clean me up. Like I didn't tear. I couldn't feel anything. Like they didn't have to cut me. I, my body did its job. Good for Hell her. Yeah. Pats for her. Um, cause that having to have to have stitches and all of that, like that was another one of my really biggest fears. Cause I, I'm, like I said, I'm a baby when it comes to shit like that. So, um, super scary. I remember going back to our room and Connor went and got Taco Bell, like not very much long after that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause they, they had a lot of stuff to do with the twins because they were born early. So they had a lot of tests to run and stuff like that. As they do with most babies, I feel like. But, um, anyways, uh, he went and got Taco Bell. I remember my mom leaving and they moved us to another room. I remember showering because I gave birth around like 11, I think 11 o'clock and 11.08 is when they were born. Um, and I remember showering at like 2 a.m. by myself because mm-hmm. I could walk again. And she was like, you're really not supposed to stand yet. And I was like, no, I want to shower. I feel disgusting. And so they let me shower. And it was probably the best shower I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to put my own fucking clothes on. Yeah. Um, I did have to wear one of those diapers. But I honestly, that was like the easiest part was my vag area of healing. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the diapers. You just mentioned that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> they were horrible. Yeah, they were. Um, You're right. But I did the damn thing. I pushed two babies out. We got moved to like a bigger room so we could hang out. Um, and I remember them both latching to like latching, being able to breastfeed. My daughter <laughs> had a hard time eating because she wouldn't stay awake. And the following day, actually while they were giving me my like celebratory dinner for giving birth, which was like this shitty ass piece of fish and some green beans out of a can, like thank you. Yummy. <laughs> um they actually took my daughter to the Much NICU. Nutrition. I know. They took my daughter to the to the NICU. Um just to do some observations to see why she wasn't eating. And she really was just tired. Um, preemie babies are sleepy. And she mm-hmm. was having a hard time staying awake to eat all of her bottle. And so she had like a feeding tube while she was there. But there was literally nothing else wrong with her. Um, I think she was just trying to be like dramatic. Because <laughs> <laughs> my she kids my, are super dramatic. We joke about that all the time. But um, yeah... That was probably the most traumatic part of the whole experience for me was having her taken away like that. Not literally taken away, but that's how it felt. You know, I I had already felt this weird sense of emptiness after having them that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, that weird, hazy, don't remember really what happened in those few days yeah. <laughs> feeling because... You know, the brain fog that you get is so bad. Yeah. And you're like, you have so much to do so much responsibilities now, but you also are like, what do I do? I was, I had so much purpose as of yesterday with my body and now it's gone mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's super hard and Especially having two newborns not being able to be at the same place at the same time. Because we weren't allowed to take my son up to the NICU because of, like, COVID rules and shit. 
And that was super hard because we would have to go up one at a time. And we were trying to take care of two different newborns and go home and do laundry and take care of our pets. And we were staying at the hospital. It was just a lot. I was also trying to pump and breastfeed for both of my newborn babies at the Mm -hmm. same time. And that was like mind-blowingly difficult. Like I had no idea that it was going to be that hard and shout out to moms who can breastfeed because it just Mm -hmm. I made the like the choice for my mental health that it was not for me because I was putting way too much pressure on myself to make sure I was supplying enough but also I couldn't tell how much my preemie babies were eating while breastfeeding and so I wanted to make sure that I knew exactly how many ounces they were having so I could tell that they were on the right track because they were so small. They were like less than five pounds and like right at five pounds. So they were tiny and I wanted to make sure that they were eating what they were supposed to. And yeah. so I, I was okay with giving them formula and they are completely healthy now. They have exceeded like milestones at their age especially for being preemie they're walking around they're getting into shit they're not supposed to (laughs) like and I at this point like when I had given birth and all of this shit was happening I also thought I was gonna have to go back to work and so Uh, I thought that this short maternity leave that I had was all I had and I was gonna have to spend most of it at the hospital and that crushed me and Connor only had a couple weeks and um, that was taken out of his vacation. And one of the weeks he had taken off without vacation, without pay, because... You gotta do it. I mean, he wanted to spend time with his family and that was the only way to do it. And shit sucked, but that's... You had to do it. That's like, yeah. That's life, you know? And uh, so I was really scared that I wasn't going to have enough time But we were able to get out within 10 days. And I remember how tiny they looked in their car seats when we left. Our car seats actually, I didn't even know that this was a thing, but they have a minimum weight of four pounds. And my my daughter was only four, four pounds, 14 ounces, I believe. So I was like worried they weren't going to let us take her home in the car seat because she was so small because I've most car seats have like a five pound minimum and I was like oh my god like I was freaking out trying to make sure our car seats were okay and they were so it was fine it was fine (laughs) just another thing that I freaked out about (laughs) but um yeah it was it was an experience it definitely wasn't a fun one um I look back and I wish that I had had a more enjoyable experience but I know that that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes and I sometimes wish that I would have another kid just so I could re redo it you know but I know that that's that's not how it works and that's selfish of me to wish that because it might not go good you know yeah you don't know yeah and I am happy with the babes that I have and to stay home with them for as long as I have and continue to stay home with them and mm-hmm. watch them grow and learn and just yeah cuz i mean be you the didn't best. you didn't have to go back to work you're like no. not like you thought you did and i sure as hell didn't have to stay home with them either right and i do a lot mm-hmm. to you know not only validate myself but to validate why i stay home and it shows and I've got to see my children grow and do exceed those milestones because of the work that I put into staying at home with them. And yeah. that is very rewarding. You do a great job too. Like you were born to be a twin mom, I feel like. <laughs> Thank like you're you. so good at it. I I really enjoy um just taking care of people and taking care of little babies Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I have always wanted to be a mom. And so having them around and they're just so sweet Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) stupid. And they're so like, 
just watching them and they're starting to play with each other and they're starting to like actually like each other a little bit and they've like been smooching each other and like trying to play but they also fight a lot so (laughs) there's definitely days but it's about balance yeah. yeah, I love organizing shit. I love matching outfits. Like I was meant for that shit. Oh yeah, the the planned meals, the planned I outfits, know. the routines, the schedules, the pivots. Like you got it all down already. I'm so proud shit. of the mom that you became the minute that your babies were born. Oh, I will fucking cry. Yeah, I know you will. So don't do that. As long as we get to you. Yeah. Now that Let's I'm done. <laughs> So, my introduction to motherhood came um, probably about 13 years before yours did. Yeah. And yeah. a little surprised. And a little surprised. Yeah. I surprised. Was, um, I was a senior in high school. <laughs> I was 17. Um, and I had just recently left my boyfriend um, so I could be single for my senior year. Holla. Cause Hell like, yeah. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do. My mom had just left, um, to go live in Washington state. So now I was house jumping between, uh, my brother's house and my dad's when he had a house. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a wild time when I was a teen. I was like smack dab in the middle of chaos. Um, and I remember... Running into my ex-boyfriend at a carnival. Not the carnival. Um, it was around, like, you so know, Halloween, romantic. fall time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, so we ran into Cuffing each other. Season. Yeah, we started <laughs> we started chatting, you know, reminiscing, and ended up yeah. in um, the back seat of an old Chevy. Not his Chevy. Not his Chevy. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, we used protection and everything, so I thought I was super safe. I was 17, you know, um, and uh, we went on about our lives um, for a couple months, and I remember it was, like, New Year's Eve, um, and I was like, my friends, I wasn't, uh, my friends were like, hey, we should do something stupid and get drunk. It's New Year's Eve, you know, we're teenagers, woo! Of course. Um, and I remember I took, like, one shot, and I was like, Bleh! Throwing it up. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what is happening? And because um, I'm like 17, I should be resilient, bounce back, no big deal. And um, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have to not drink. Like, it's not working tonight, so mm-hmm. I'll hold everybody's hair back. Um, and at this point, like, you know, after that night passes, I go back to school. We all do. And um, I start calling my dad pretty much every day to uh, come pick me up because I don't feel good. Right. And I'm like, man, I don't know why I can't not be sick. Like, I'm really sorry. And I called my dad one day and I said, hey, I need you to come pick me up. Like, I'm not feeling good again. And he picks me up and he pulls into a Dollar General instead of our house. And I was like, what are we doing? And he was like, I'm going to run inside um, and I'm going to grab you a pregnancy test. When we get home, I want you to take it. Very casual. And I'm like, what What are you talking about? I'm Don't not pregnant. And he was like, Jess, I haven't bought you um, period supplies in like two months. Um, he's like, and now I'm picking you up from school almost every day because of morning sickness. Yeah. I think you're pregnant. And um, so we get home. And um, I take the pregnancy test and... Lo and behold, I'm pregnant. But I'm still in, like, this heavy state of denial about it. Right, because you used protection. Like, you expected everything to be okay. Absolutely. Like, and of course... In my and you weren't with your mans at the time, so, Right, like, and my frontal lobe was also not developed yet. Right. Like, I was still a child. And so, right. it was, like, this heavy state of denial of, like, this can't happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really, like, I had convinced myself that... I was too good of a person for this to happen to me. Right. So when I told my dad that, oh, yeah. yeah, the pregnancy test is positive, my my dad said, okay. He's like, I knew it would be. He was like, I've already called Planned Parenthood. You have an appointment made for you just so you know that you have options. You don't have to take it or you can take it. That is solely up to you. But as your dad, I want you to know that you do have options. 
And it's up to you. And it was up to me. And that he was going to love me regardless of what decision that I made. Mm -hmm. Um, And hands down, like, that moment right there has solidified my dad and I's relationship. Like, he has wholeheartedly had my back. Like, what a dad. Just for him to go out of his way to make that appointment for you. Yeah. So you had that option is... He took away that executive function that he knew I wouldn't be able to do. Right. Um, And clearly you... You know, didn't take the appointment because you're here. Yeah, absolutely. And he supported you through that entire yeah, journey and, and he, still continues to help and support. He does. He has stayed by my side. Um, and even when I told him I wasn't taking the appointment, he just hugged me and said, I'm proud of you. Um, and I respect your decision. Um, and so... Claps for him. Yeah, my, my dad. Um, not perfect, but an absolute rock star. And um, the one man that will just admit that he's a human. So yeah, and that's the best quality to have. Oh, absolutely. As a parent. Um, but we then we also had the conversation that we had to go to my sister's wedding in February, um, mm-hmm. and how we were going to tell my mom. Yeah. Um, my mom was already harboring a lot of guilt, you know, for having to leave and go to Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I call her and tell her that. Um, or if I go and I tell her that I'm pregnant, she's going to blame herself. She yeah. will project that. It will get ugly. And it'll um, kind of steal the spotlight from your my sister. sister's wedding. Exactly. Yeah. So my dad and I did decide that we were going to keep this a secret for a little while longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I went to my sister's wedding and I was a bridesmaid, and my Aunt Denise had to zip my dress up with her teeth. Oh, nice. And she was like, I won't tell. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, she just knew because she was putting that dress on me yeah. and I was gaining weight. Um, and she never made me talk about it while I was there. I guess it was just like this understanding. That's amazing. Um, that was like silent. And um, then when I got home to safety, you know, I called my mom and told her everything. And you know, just as I expected, she hung up on me. Um, but and that was because she couldn't handle her own reaction in that. Um, I was 17 years old. She also had that mom guilt going on. Yeah. Um, I can't blame her. So uh, she does wholeheartedly wish that she would have responded in a different manner. Um, but she can't right. take any of that back. So right. we're here telling the story. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Um, We're here to learn from mistakes. Oh, absolutely. And we do. But it was, uh, pregnancy was a little wild. Uh, My little body struggled, struggled, struggled. I was 107 pounds. That and you had an underlying medical condition you didn't know about. I had no idea. Probably Um, affected that. Yeah. A lot. I was so swollen and so in pain. Um, I did carry my son majority in my belly. Um, but because he was, I was full term in August in Oklahoma, very hot. Oh, yeah. I was miserable. I remember that year I got to like 110 degrees in the yeah. summertime. Yeah, fuck that. And my, I don't have lips. Like, you know, and so when my face got so swollen, it was like they completely went away. Yeah. Um, And it was, God, it was terrible. I looked awful. I looked miserable. Um, And it was, it was so much fun. But my mom came and stayed with me the last two months of my pregnancy. And never forget it was, um, and I had just, and I got back with my son's dad. Right. Um, So we decided that, hey. We're going to have a baby. We're going to make it work. We're going to figure it out. Um, And I will say we struggled with a lot of control issues as children. Mm -hmm. Um, We both just didn't know that people weren't property, I think. Right. And you are children at this point. Like you are. Wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I can't imagine how much pressure comes along with being pregnant and being that age. Yeah, it was a lot. You know, he didn't know what to do either. The only thing that he knew how to do was just to tell me what he thought was right. Right. And so, which came out very mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of the times. And, um, and 
you know, and I'm sure he's had his fair share of lessons to learn in that. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we didn't make it um, because we were so young and dumb and we grew apart. Yeah. But we had gotten back together and we were doing the damn thing. And at the time, yeah. <laughs> at the time, yeah. And um, mom had moved in with me just to help me transition into momhood. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was she's not like... Doing shit. My mom is paralyzed from the ribs down, has been since the age of 22 years old. She actually yeah. gave birth to me in the wheelchair. And so that was that was a fun thing. So she isn't doing shit. Um, she came she and stayed with out. me the yeah. last two months because yeah. she didn't have a job to leave or anything like that. Um, but she had come and helped me. And I remember it was like the day before my actual due date. And... Um, it was, I looked at her and I said, hey, um, it's going to sound really weird, but I think I'm in labor. Um, super chill about it. It was just all of a sudden I had like this wave of calm that mm-hmm. came over me and I was just sure. Mm-hmm. And it was the wildest thing. Um, and so then I started like counting the tightness in my stomach and timing the contractions. And right. she was like, well, let me know if you need help timing your contractions. We'll do it together. And I was like, yeah, I'm not ready to go to the hospital yet. I just know. Um, couldn't really explain why. And then, so I also called, um, my son's dad at the time and I was like, Hey, like not a big deal. I'm not ready to go yet. So please don't leave work. Um, but I think that I'm in labor. He was literally home in like 10 minutes and I wasn't ready. He was ready. (laughs) He was ready. He was panicky. Um, and at that age he was kind of a panicky guy. So, um, it was like in order to not make this worse, we were just going to go at that time. Yeah. And so I went ahead and grabbed what I had in my bag and we went. Um, and at this point, it was like 9, 30, 10 o'clock mm-hmm. at night. And we get to the hospital and they're like, well, you're dilated to a three. You're not really progressing. We're probably just going to send you home in the morning, but we will monitor you overnight. Um, so... It's like four o'clock in the morning, nothing has really happened, but all of a sudden I'm in like a weird amount of pain. My heart is kind of like mm-hmm. palpitating and um, I'm starting to like sweat. Gross. Um, and then there's like a release of fluid in my downstairs. And I'm like... <laughs> in my downstairs, In my downstairs, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I call the nurse in and she checks me and she said, hold on. You're downstairs. Hold on. Give me one minute. I'm going to call another nurse in. Okay, Wait, fine. Don't tell another. me why. That's not going to make me freak out. Well, but call um, nurse in so she calls another nurse in. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. She calls another nurse in and that nurse checks me and she said, oh. Yep, first nurse was right. You're dilated to an eight. We need to call your doctor. I don't know why you're not screaming. And I was like, well, um, my son's dad is sleeping. I don't want to scream and wake him up. (laughs) And so um, they gave me half of a Percocet at this point and said, we're calling your doctor. Um, And so then she also tells me that my water didn't break. I didn't lose my mucus plug, but I had peed the bed. Uh, because my contractions were so strong. Wow. Um, it caused me to urinate all over the bed. So that was fun. I Not embarrassing at all. I was totally fine with it. No. And um, then it they wheel me to the OR, um, essentially. And my doctor still isn't here. And so now I'm at a 10. Um, and they tell me to start pushing. Uh, and my doctor's still not here. And I'm like, okay, let's let's go. Um, mm-hmm. And mind you, they had asked if I wanted an epidural. And because of my mom, I had said, no, I don't want to use something that my mom has struggled with her whole life to my advantage in order to skimp out on a little bit of pain. Right. Can't relate, but I feel you. I, I you know, honestly, looking back, there is a reason why I didn't tap into my spinal. Um, I have pre-existing condition that I was unaware right. of at the time. So I'm really glad that I was high and mighty in this moment. Um, but that reason was stupid. 
I, <laughs> I will say. Maybe. And I do, I told a nurse why I didn't want the epidural and she started to tear up. And I remember being like so mission oriented when the contractions started that I was like, bitch, stop. This isn't your moment. Right. And you're so young at that point though. So for you to come to that conclusion though, she probably got emotional. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and it was when you grow up with a paraplegic modeling, you You grew up quick. Yeah. You have you have to put you're in You're a that, caretaker, like yeah, sorry. You have to put in the work. Um and so yeah, it was like, No, I see why this is a bad thing and I don't wanna jeopardize that being me forever. Mm-hmm. And if you're messing with my spine, no way. That crunchy feeling. You no. Can... Ooh. Yeah. That's, I think that makes me feel so gross because like my mom's entire spine is titanium. And like we sat through a 16 hour surgery yeah. of just making her spine crunchy. And Ew. I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so anyway, so they wheel me to the, the OR um, and I start pushing and I can feel my son's head. Um, my body is so little that I can feel it moving. And I can feel it trying to, like, stay in the birth canal. But every time that I would release from pushing, he would pop back up. Like, I could feel him pop back up mm-hmm. into where he wasn't supposed to be. Like, I needed him to stay in this small canal, and he wasn't wanting That's to. Horrifying. It was a horrifying he was a boy, feeling. Though, huh? He was. He was 8 pounds, 10 ounces. Yeah. Um, with, like, a 20-inch head, I swear. Ooh. Yeah. And so... I'm pushing and they're like, hey, it's not working. Um, we're going to have to go get the um, suction. And I remember people telling me that, like, if you use suction, your baby's going to be a conehead. Yeah. And then you're going to hate him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want my baby to have a conehead. Because you didn't want to hate him. Because I didn't want to hate him. I didn't want to think he was ugly. And right. I didn't want people to judge me because I wasn't strong enough to push this baby out of my vagina. Yeah. And so I was like, wait, before you get the suction, like, let me try one more time. And I grabbed the side of that bed and I pushed as hard as I possibly could. And I looked over into my son's dad's eyes and then like screamed and pushed, but I did it with my eyes open. And did at you that scream, point, like out loud? I did. I got in trouble for it. I didn't make any noise when I, pushed. I got in trouble for screaming during that one push um, because I did let it all go. Did Everything. Um, no, I didn't shit. No. Yeah, no shit. But I did no bust shit. every blood vessel in my eyes. Yeah. So like all the whites in my eyes turned red. Um, completely red. Uh, but he stayed in position. And then my doctor walked in. Hell yeah, he made it. Hell yeah, he made it. Right on time. And he looked at me and he was like, okay, we have about four more hours. And I no. said... Doc, I'm going to punch you in your bald head. Get this baby out of me, please. You are ready. I was, at this point, just a ball of rage. Yeah. Um, And And you looked like a ball of rage. I looked like a ball of rage, too. Um, But then he did get on to me for yelling because he did hear me on his way in. Um, And then he told me also, he told the nurses to lower my arms on my bed so I didn't break them. Oh, you are a strong bitch. Yeah, you because when I grabbed those, I apparently pushed out and about broke Damn. the bed. And so it um, it was wild. And then after that, he said, okay, we need one more really big push because now he's crowning. Mm-hmm. And so once we, um, once I pushed that other time, his head came out. But my son had also had a bowel movement um, before he was born. And so they were pumping amniotic fluid out and pumping new amniotic fluid in. That wasn't working. So when my son crowned, shitty amniotic fluid, like a balloon exploded Mm. when he crowned. Um, And it got all over the doctor's face, all into my mother's hair, all down the arm of my son's dad. That's horrible. Horrifying. And it was the worst smelling thing that I've ever I'm smelled sure. in my life. That's disgusting. Um, and then his head came out and the doc was like, he didn't even acknowledge that a shitty balloon just went off. And he was like, stop pushing. Dad, get over here now. His umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck and he was starting to turn blue. Oh my God. And this is why he had the bowel movement. And so... 
baby daddy came in snip snip um, of the umbilical cord. I'm having to ignore my body at this point because I'm having contractions, but I can't push mm-hmm. um, because I need to keep him right where he is. So think about doing the hardest Kegel of your life oh my God. for <laughs> minutes, um, which feel like hours at this point because I'm just exhausted. I've already uh-huh. been pushing for like two and a half hours and um, I'm falling asleep and been in between contractions just so I can have a break. Um, and then in, they tell me to stop doing that. And I'm like, okay, super, I, I can do that. <laughs> sure. Let me just ignore my body. Right. Um, and then they do, they get the umbilical cord off and then he tells me to push again. Um, and I thought that I had felt the extent of the ripping when he, mm. when his head came out, but his shoulders were worse. Um, they, I ripped inside and outside and had to keep pushing through the ripping. Um, and I remember the doctor saying, you're going to feel yourself tear. I need you to keep going anyway. That makes me nauseous. Um, and so I did, um, if I can push through my blood vessels bursting, I guess I can push through my vagina or tearing. Yeah. So here we go. Um, and because of the shitty amniotic fluid, they could not cut me. Right. They couldn't give me the episiotomy. So um, it was, whoo, yeah. So then there it goes. But because of um, all of the complications and the umbilical cord and everything like that, once his full entire body mm-hmm. was out, um, they took him. They just grabbed him, wrapped him up, um, and took him to another room away from me. I didn't hear him cry. I didn't hear them try to get him to breathe. Nothing. Um, but I remember like opening my eyes, um, and watching my son's dad just like disappear out of the room too. So like everybody's following the baby and leaving me Mm -hmm. except for my doctor and my mom. And I tell my doctor, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I got to push again. And he was like, honey, he was like, you don't have to do that. He was like, I'll get it. He was like, you just rest. And I'm like, my body is telling me I have to, I'm doing it. And he was like, okay, if you think you can do it. And I push and there went the last release of pressure in my placenta out on the floor. Gross. Mm -hmm. And I look over and then all of a sudden, like over in like the baby where the baby should be, Mm -hmm. um, there was like this giant pool of blood. Um, and I guess that like the clamp of the umbilical cord had come off and like sprayed blood everywhere. But I just thought that the, like my baby had bled out. Right. Um, so I was like panicking. Um, I was so delirious at this point that I was just making up all of these scenarios that like mm-hmm. you, you bled my baby out and I, I can't have him and he's never coming back. And I was just like, and there's nothing in my body and like my stomach was just gone. I mm-hmm. felt like a foreigner. It's so floppy and weird right after. It's so odd to me. Like I how, had a whole flap. Yeah, it's so weird. I have a <laughs> flap still. Like after losing like damn near sixty pounds after having my yeah. kids, I still have a weird flap. I had my son, and it was like I had already lost thirty pounds. Damn. And I, was I didn't like, it was just weigh gone. myself right after, but it took me a while because I was scared because yeah. I had gotten over three hundred pounds when I was pregnant with my twins. Oh and that, yeah. That, that's a scary number. Like, that's, yeah. that's big. Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't gain, um, a ton of weight. Um, I do feel like at some point I had gained so much water weight during the summer. Um, I was very swollen after. Like, my legs were huge after I had the kids. Yeah. For, like, a week and a half, I feel like. My legs didn't get big. Um. I wasn't super swollen during but. my pregnancy, though. Yeah, I remember, like, after they told me that I could take a shower and everything um, before I actually got to see my son. And um, I thought that was super foreign because now it was just like I'm taking a shower in this new body. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very foreign, but I have nothing new to show for it either. Yeah. I haven't been able to really feel that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of stolen from both me and my son a little bit. So, um, it's not something that I've ever done again. (laughs) Um, but then when they, they did finally bring him to me and I was immediately in love. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they handed him to me and he had already had a bath and he, um, they had blown about seven of his veins trying to get an IV in. Poor baby. And they um, had come in at one point to tell me that they were 
they might have to shave his head Ugh. to get an IV into the vein in his head. Ooh, and so um, I was terrified that that was going to happen because I haven't even got to see his head of hair yet. And so when That's they so brought sad. him to me, they were like, good news. We didn't have to shave his head. We found a vein in his armpit. Um, they got the IV in there and then they like ace bandaged his arm to his side. Um, thank God. They, yeah. And so he couldn't like flail around or like right. move the IV or anything like that. Um, and that was our, our transition into motherhood was, was rough. Um, his start at life was a little rough. Like he was mm-hmm. like, what? Um, and it's, it's been a challenge, I will tell you. I haven't had another baby because of that. Yeah. And then later I find out that, you know, I was born with an extra rib in my neck. Um, and I was like, man, that's probably why I was in so much pain during my yeah. pregnancy. Because he really shifted my entire rib cage up. Mm-hmm. Um, As babies do. Right. And I already had a rib choking me out, apparently. Right. <laughs> so uh, it pushed it even further up. Um, so... It's wild. Um, yeah. And it, it is, and like, that's a lot of information, but I, a lot of people had to tell me that that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, some of this stuff happened because I was out of it. Yeah. I, on half of a freaking Percocet. I didn't realize that my body could do all of that with, like, I don't know, without going into shock. Right. It's amazing what your body can um, do. Because, and we talked about the diapers. Like, my, I loved. My hospital diapers because Same. mine were packed with ice. Mine didn't have ice in them, but they gave me like a whole fucking kit. I gave birth in a women's hospital, so they were like very, very good about helping. And even when I had been discharged, but we were staying in the hospital because my daughter was in the NICU, they still would give me supplies and stuff because I was still there and I was so helpful. And, yeah. like, the lactation nurse was free. Like, they would come in and check on me, like, every hour or so with, like, a different person. I remember somebody came in to help me, like, apply for, like, uh, insurance for the kids and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was super helpful. I had somebody come in and help me figure out how to fill out a paternity test. Oh. Um, because because um, of- a member of the other family thought that it was necessary that we have one what we were young we were dumb we can't be trusted wow yeah that's rough yeah it was fun um no like all of that dramatic ass stuff and then for that to happen too oh my god oh yeah and then um yeah that was that was just a lot of fun and i thought that that was like normal you should just have a paternity test done on every child you have Um, which is the way that it was kind of explained to me as a child, you know, like it's nothing against you, you little whore. (laughs) Oh my God, Jessica. Um, yeah, we're about an hour into this though. Yeah, we need to wrap up. So basically with all that being said, um, you know, shit happens. Mm -hmm. We're okay. No matter how, yeah, we are okay now (laughs) and we have healthy babies and, you know, no matter how planned or unplanned your pregnancy is or how um, much you hoped or how unexpected your, mm-hmm. you know, first trip into momhood is, um, just know that it's okay and that everybody has a story that they can relate to you and your story and sometimes it's rough, but mm-hmm. we'll all get through it. And yeah, and every story is like so vastly different, but each mm-hmm. one of us can connect over the fact that like we went through an experience to create a bond. Like we went yeah. through an experience to give a soul a body. We are a part of a community who gives souls to bodies. We're going to plug that. Yeah, Tony Jones, I can't. <laughs> I love that bitch. Her little mantras on Spotify. I I listen to him all the time, but it's true. Like we did that and mm-hmm. we and went no, through hell to do it. Right. And there's no right way to do it. And it's exactly. going to be like so different based off of each person and each soul exactly. that you give a body period. Yeah. Um, you had twins and it was like each of them had a different delivery, mm-hmm. you know, at different times. Yeah. They each had their moment. Their charts are different. 
you know? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I, yeah, we did the damn thing. And I'm thankful that we did because we wouldn't be here if we hadn't. Yeah. And I'm thankful for the bond um, that we have with our children too. um, And the fact that, like, I'm so proud of the little human that I'm raising. I know. And I'm proud of you for go doing what you're doing because it is hard mm-hmm. it's hard work at any stage but right now yeah. we're both in the thick of it and yeah transition need... into teenhood and then transition into toddlers right you. right we both need as much support as we can give to each other and to mm-hmm. our, our community of mothers right and fathers absolutely absolutely and, and that parents. goes goes for you guys too so um all of our happy and appropriate parents out there just know that you have our support, and um, mm-hmm. we'd love to hear feedback. If you guys have any topic ideas, hit us up. Absolutely. Um, follow us on our Facebook page. I just made that this week. We're we're getting into the groove. We're doing this thing. We're doing the podcast thing. So uh, yeah. bear with us as we get into it, but we hope you keep listening. Yeah. Um, please like, you know... Give us a good rating if you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Um, we're just trying to get out there, trying to get more listeners. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Also, if you have a story that you want to share on here and you want to be a visitor on oh, the Happy yeah. Appropriate Parents, We are taking applications. Send that <laughs> in. Um, send us some good stories and we'll see if maybe we can plug it in the future. Yeah. So. Hell yeah. We are open to ideas and concepts and mm-hmm. we will... Be sure to um, give the people what they want. That's right. Our little hippies. We yeah. love y'all. Hell yeah. So uh, thanks for listening. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll catch jo- you next week. Yeah. Join us next time. Peace.